Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 82, Predator 2 from 1990. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I am your host as always, Hugh Lloyd. And on this episode, we are, of course, talking Predator 2. From 1990. I can't believe it's 1990. It always feels like not that long ago. Um, However, before I introduce my very, very special co-host for this episode, let's check out the trailer. It landed in the world's most forbidding jungle. It came for the thrill of the hunt. Now, it's coming to a different kind of jungle. You don't know what you're dealing with. This time, it's open season on all of us. Danny Glover, Gary Busey, Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton. Predator 2. Hunting season opens again this Christmas. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. And I am joined by the one, the only, the mercurial, Mr. Darren Hall. How the devil are you, sir? I am good. I am good. I went to the doctor for my physical this morning. He said, uh, I need a semen, stool and urine sample. (laughs) But I was in a bit of a rush, so I said, gee, Doc, I'm in a bit of a rush here. Can't I just leave my underwear? <laughs> and thus the tone was set for the rest yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just a little little joke there from the late, great Bill Paxton. Yes. Um, if you haven't already figured it out, we are talking uh, <laughs> Predator 2. From 1990. Um, oh, yeah. I went back and watched this one today. Th- there are moments of, I think, this, this, this of peaks and troughs. Mm. Peaks and troughs. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, go. Go, no, sorry. Go, no, no, go. No, play. I was just going to say, I, I just, th- like, uh, like I just said to you off mic, um, this was, this is a film that I thought I'd seen loads of time. Um, absolutely mad keen on Predator, the first one. Yeah. So I thought this was kind of up there. Um, it just it seemed so clear in my mind, but watching it back, even though I could kind of play for play, you know, I remembered what was going to happen. I've only seen this a few times, which it surprises me. It surprised me <laughs> when I realised that halfway through, but by the time I got to the end, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember this coming out, and I remember having the poster on my bedroom wall. Uh, poster is very cool. The poster is amazing. It is one of the best posters out there. Um, I'm being really, really excited to see it. Um, and then, and sort of loving it, uh, absolutely loving it. And then, sort of watching it again as I got a bit older, and just thinking, oh, okay, it was good. It's good. 
And then as it went on, it's like, I still, I still really like this film, but I'm kind of getting... This, 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 it seems quite disjointed at times. Yeah. I like it for different reasons now, I think, especially now I've picked it apart ready for this podcast. Yes. Um, and it, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it for different reasons than I would have done when it first came out. Yeah. Um, half, you know, half the popularity of the first one, um, they wanted Schwarzenegger for it, didn't they? To, they to, did. to come back, but he turned it down because apparently I've heard two stories. Um, one of the stories is he was just working on T2. Yeah. Um, and he was like well into that. Um, especially with the budget and all, you know, just an amazing film. Yes. Um, and the other one is that he just didn't like the director or the script. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Um, saying that I did hear that he turned it down because he was working on T2 from the director on the audio comms. (laughs) Who knows if that's true or not? Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether somebody was trying to sort of, um, save the director's blushes on that one but i think the, the the popular story is that he sort of he didn't like the director because he wanted to, uh, john mctiernan to come back um and he didn't like the way in which the character of dutch was sort of uh being portrayed um, oh, okay and like i think the, the sort of um dutch basically uh they substituted um dutch's character wasn't like the lead it was more like Gary Busey's character. Right, got you. So yeah, because I substituted Arnie for Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> Which course. is like for like. Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> they, course. They're both, they both go to the gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Danny Glover, off, the, off his popularity and success of Lethal Weapon, was number one choice for this from the minute it was conceived. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Danny Glover's not done anything like this before or after this is his one and only movie of this type i would say yeah i think you're right there and i think i think the one thing that he, and he's really good in it yes he's, he's brilliant. really really good and i love the um the little lethal weapon reunion that you get in the beginning of this yeah yeah which is great and i mean of course this was produced by joel silver as well um yeah. who of course famously produced all the lethal weapon movies um, so I mean, this came out what 1990 it came out, uh, directed yep. by Stephen Hopkins, uh, yep. produced by Lawrence Gordon, Joel Silver, uh, John Davies, uh, written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas, um, based on a, the you know the characters from uh, uh, from I suppose well, Predator was based on the original Predator movie, um, and then he got uh, Danny Glover stars in this, Gary Busey, Ruben Blades. Now Ruben Blades is a great character actor. Yeah. Love yeah, Ruben Blades. He's great. And then you get uh, Maria Conchita Gonzalez, uh, Alonso, yep. sorry, um, and the late, great Bill Paxton, who is clearly yep. turned up to 11 in this. He's um, brilliant. He, he is. Just brilliant. And then you get the great... He's always brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, that, that is the one thing you get with him is that he always gives a great performance. Uh, you yeah. get the great Robert Davey. Love that guy. Uh, he's just he's just so cool, Robert Davy. Uh, yeah. Of course, Kevin Peter Hall. Uh, I think this was his last role before he died. Oh man, Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you get Adam Baldwin pops up. Yeah. Um, doesn't quite look like Robert uh, Adam Baldwin. 
in this. He's a little bit chubbier than you normally yeah. sort of see him in sort of later on. Um, and Morton Downey Jr.'s in it, uh, Calvin Lockhart. Um, and, you know, it's it's got a good cast. It's a great cast. And a little nugget that I picked up looking into the, uh, the character names. Uh, so Gary Busey plays a chap called Peter Keyes. Yeah. Um, and that's a direct nod to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Ah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know... Th- what, a, what a film Close Encounters would have been with Gary Busey in it. Do you know what? I, do you know what's amazing, though? This was the first film that Gary Busey had made after his um, after his motorcycle yeah. accident, which is yeah. quite impressive, really, because, you know, how that man is still up and about is incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. And he... Um, in his own words, the, the way he explains that accident is he, that he hit the concrete very, very hard. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't usually bode well for uh, bones and bags of flesh, does it? No, high-speed uh, vehicles and concrete and the human body, um, it never ends well for anyone. Um, you know, and, and one... Oh, sorry, go and, ahead. And he's now doing Gary Busey... Judge, uh, pet judge, <laughs> reality TV show, which is insane. I did not know that, and yes. I'll have to check it out now. You've brought it to my attention. It's, it's like um, Judge Rinder with Chihuahuas. Is it better than Lawman with Steven Seagal? <laughs> Nothing's better than Lawman, <laughs> which is you know, it's a bizarre, bizarre pro- program. It's just bizarre. It's yeah. Steven Seagal just arriving, and people going. Oh, Steven Seagal, and it's like you're a drug dealer. Yeah, but you're Steven Seagal, <laughs> and it's like this is this is the strangest arrest ever. This is so Absolutely. strange. <laughs> what is, what is so interesting though is that it's something they might think about you know um, rolling out because they be, they become so pacified. Yeah. When he turns up, oh, get in the van. Yeah, Steven Seagal, let's go. Unleash the Seagal. Well, on, yeah. on a side note. Um, at one point, in the very, very early stages of this, um, they were considering Seagal um, for the lead role. Oh, my God. Um, but he went on to do Mark for Death instead of it. But, you know, Steven Seagal Aikido in the, uh, the Predator would have been a really, you know, all seven foot of, Ke- of Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, been- um- I'm not buying that. No, I'm not buying it either. Plus, obviously, we know what Steven Seagal looks like when he's running. Um, yes. And to be fair to Danny Glover, he does a lot of, you know, a lot of climbing and a lot of running around in this. And he's in. I just can't. He's in good shape as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's, he's prime, isn't he? Mm. He's. The, I just think on the Steven Seagal running thing, I I can't help but have the Benny Hill music <laughs> in my head whenever I see that. And it, any film, no matter how serious the uh, the the themes, if Steven Seagal starts running, it's Benny Hill all yeah. the way. I love the stories uh, John Leguizamo has um, about working with Steven Seagal. Um, and like one of the stories, because he worked with him on, I think he worked with him on a film before Executive Decision. Um, and they got quite friendly. But by the time he, like Seagal showed up for Executive Decision, uh, he was all a bit high and mighty. Yeah, and um, he was talking about like sort of you know I'm, uh, I'm gonna be you know I'm in character all the time and you cross me I'm gonna take you out and he was talking to the rest of the cast 
and Leguizamo said, being the smart ass, I, I chuckled. And he said, next thing you know, he like chest punches me and I fly across the room. Oh. And he had like, 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 going, why, Stephen? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and then he t- talks about how he refused to come out of his trailer on executive decision for about six hours on the day that they were filming that he was going to die. Um, they had to talk him out of his trailer because oh. he was pouting. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is genius. You just don't want to work like that, can you? It's just, you know, that's just genius. This, you know, this Hollywood yeah. tough guy with his ponytail poked in because he's, his character is dying. <laughs> anyway, how would you, anyway. Just going back to Predator 2, how would you, yeah, describe, how would you describe the pro- plot of Predator 2 without using the term mess or um, random? <laughs> uh, so the, pl- the plot is following him following on from predator one where we learned that the you know the predators come to earth for sport and they are drawn to conflict um so another predator comes comes to the earth drawn to the conflict of the uh the drug battles of la between the colombians the police and the um jamaicans uh and whilst touting for sport um the predator comes comes across mike hannigan played by Danny Glover, um, who's investigating the, the drug war. Um, and then we get the feds, allegedly. Yeah. Alf. O-W-L-F. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? yeah. Whatever that stands for. Um, with Gary Busey, uh, they know all about the, the Predator. They're trying to catch it. Yeah. Um, they don't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's like a it's a it's a sci-fi inve- police investigation conspiracy. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just it, it yeah. is yeah. Because what's surprising in this? I mean, in terms of starts to a film. This film starts with a bang. Yeah, you know I the mean, opening is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean the you know you get the predator who is watching even the opening shot, mind you, where it's it sort of you get the classic sort of predator music, uh, yeah, playing, and it's you get the shot and you think it's back to the jungle and actually it's L.A. Um, it's cheeky that I, I yeah. enjoy that because you think yeah we're back we're back in the jungle. And it just pans up, doesn't it, to yeah. the to the skyscrapers, the um, you know the the horizon of LA. Yes, it's it's a really cool shot. And I mean, the, and then they're in the middle of a gun battle um, between the, the 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 scorpion gang um, and the police, and it you know in terms of like the amount of firepower that has been collected by this by this gang. Um, yeah. is impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's um, everything about this part of the film is just brilliant, and it really, really makes you think you're getting one hell of a film coming at you. Yeah, it's just carnage, and you know the Colombians are all just wired, aren't they? Yeah. Like you said, they've got you know every gun you can think of. The the they're, they're absolutely loving it, and um, 
there's a couple of injured cops and the police to try to try to save them, but it's just a it's just a shootout. It's a it's an old fashioned it's like a western. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Just like, uh, well, you know, it's just bullets flying everywhere, and you get Danny um, Clevers sort of almost sort of riding in on the horse, don't you? Quite literally, yeah. you know, not that you know with his car and he gets the bullet vests everywhere. It's, it's, I love that. Yeah, I just love that moment of loading, you know, of putting the bulletproof vest over the glass and and then him just charging off. Yeah, I mean that scene took three days to shoot. It took him three days to shoot that scene. Um, yeah. And, on the um, on the audio commentary, the the director was saying um, basically you can't get away with what they got away with anymore in filming because there were <laughs> so many explosions and helicopters, you know, very close to buildings. Yeah. Um, you know, very everything like all the cars are tightly packed in. So if there was, you know, if they needed to get real fire engines in and stuff wasn't happening for that scene yeah he said you know it's just a different different time for filmmaking it's such an interest it's interesting to think about you know how the face of it changes now yeah yeah absolutely because that, that scene is so good and it you can feel the heat of la and the battle yeah and everybody looks really grubby and dirty and sweaty and you know it's a very sweaty film. Mm. It's a very very sweaty film. But I'm not surprised. Danny Glover's walking around in woolen trousers <laughs> in LA, in LA, in, LA. in a heat wave. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good move. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, and then we get that sort of where they run into the building, um, and they sort of they're almost having their Scarface moment, and they the Colombians. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then the predator strikes. Yeah, because it's that guy. He um he rubs a lot of cocaine into his bullet wound. Yeah, <laughs> get it in there. I'm not sure about the I'm not sure about the medical advantages of that. <laughs> there might be some, you know. Right in, let us know. <laughs> yeah, you can just see the letter arriving on my doorstep. I want to see the gunshot. And I... <laughs> no. Um, but it, yeah, it's so good. It is so good. One of, and the stunt work actually in this, and the scene yep. where the the you get the SWAT guys and they've got the shields, like the bulletproof shields. Yeah. And then there's the explosion, and like the one stunt guy, he sort of he quite literally goes over the top of the car, and then rolls down the bonnet, um, which is just you know is incredible. And that you know is is, yeah. is 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 incredible. It is so well done. And it's a miracle that nobody was sort of, nobody was hurt filming it. Um, but what? Danny, Danny Glover's stunt chap in this is the same guy that he used for all the Lethal Weapon movies. Ah, right. Oh, well, I mean, that's, you know, I think Arnold was worked with a very similar, with, with, um, with like the same stunt guy over and over again. That's really cool. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you get a sense of the type of characters there as well. Straight away of the team and yeah. the sort of, you know, Mike Hannigan is the, you know, Danny Glover's character is the, you know, the atypical anti-hero, isn't he? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I love is when he's, you know, he's, they have time for a lot of meetings in this film, as we just mentioned earlier. Yeah, they do. Um, is the computer printout during the meeting where he's having his, uh, with, um, Robert Davy and uh, and the other captain 
who've just saved his ass from the commissioner once more. And like <laughs> on the on his like computer profile, it's like beeping up in front of them, and it says, you know, violence prone, short tempered, obsessive compulsive. <laughs> it's like yeah. and and, and um, given to using excessive force. You just think, oh right, that's exactly what you want from the police. You know, he's uh... the, yeah, the last thing we want. The last thing we want. I think as well, it, it, we've talked about this in the past about the difference between you know a film that completely loses you or doesn't route you to any of the characters compared to how it can be done yeah. with very little in a well-made film. And his little speech to Jerry Lambert, the Lone Ranger, Bill Paxton. Yes. Um, it's, in that moment, it just sums up that all he really cares about is keeping his team safe. That's why he's doing yeah. all these things. Yeah. There's there's a method to the way that he works because he, he knows they're outgunned, they're outmanned by the gangs. Yeah. So he's taking, he's taking them on um, because in the long run, if he doesn't, if, if nothing happens, he's going to lose all his team. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and that's summed up really neatly. You just get his motivation in one in one conversation, in one scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um and the lighting in that scene cool. is great. Oh yeah, absolutely. I the so Larry Paul, who built all the sets for this film, mm. also worked on the Blade Runner. Yeah. So I mean, you can see the you can see the quality in that. Yes, and I just, I just really at that beginning, just back to that beginning, it really felt like a western to me. And did you pick up on like the yellow hue? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Was, especially when when the Colombian dude is on the roof, yeah. just about, and as the the camera pans up for him to see the you know the predator, yeah, it it, it is like the sheriff, isn't it? The absolutely. Sher- Absolutely, it's, um, it's like the high noon shot, high noon shot, isn't it? It's that. Yeah, it is that. Yeah, sort really, of, you know that quintessential sort of west, a western in all but other name, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you, and for a gun battle, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah, that's the that's the masterclass if you can pull that off. Well, you know, one of the th- one of the like bizarre facts they found out about this. Now, the guy, the 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 the, the gang member who's got those two like he's got those two Uzi type things. Yeah. Those two Uzis were also the same ones used in The Running Man. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Yeah, that is awesome. it's, it's just the same props used in The Running Man, which also starred... Um, um, oh, what's her name? Who's, who's in this? Um, country oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Maria... Uh, Maria... Uh, Alonso, yeah. yeah. Who also started yeah. uh, starred with Arnold in that one. So there's, the, there's a lot of crossover in these films. With a lot she's of the characters. A, yeah, she's got such a distinct voice. Yes, yes. Uh, she, I don't think of. Uh, I don't think there's anybody who sounds like her. No, no, not at all. And she certainly gets to grips with Bill Paxton's character immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a great quip from Danny after she's had all of his crown yes. jewels, <laughs> where he says, "I see the three of you have met." Yeah. <laughs> He asks him if you could just limp on in to see the camera. Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's a, and that's one of the things that I love about this is you've got really good character actors because yeah. you know essentially that that's what Danny Glover is. He is a character actor, 
Um, you know, and you look at like, you know, you look at, you know, obviously he's done the Lethal Weapon films, but before that, you know, he was, you know, the color purple, uh, you know, you just, you just go through the list of his credits uh, and it's all character based. It's all sort of character driven stuff. And he brings that to, to this film. And then you get Ruben Blades uh, and you feel that (laughs) their relationship is genuine and real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ruben Blade is just, he's like as cool as a cucumber. Yes. You know, it just oozes kind of charisma, doesn't he? It's just, yeah, it's the kind of guy you just love to have a beer with. Oh, absolutely. And I love that, you know, and I think what was really frustrating for me, I think he was the best thing in um, Fear the Walking Dead when he was in that. I thought he was the best thing in that. And he was yeah. gone all too quickly. I thought he was the best, you know, his character could have had the best arc of any character within that series. Um, but hey-ho. Um, yeah. Yeah. Stunt killing off your cast. It's because, you know, that that keeps the show going forever, doesn't it? Well, you're going to kill <laughs> off this show, season. Um, <laughs> rant over. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, like, it's... This film, for all of its faults, and, you know, there are a few... Um, it's got a real feel to it. it yeah, like said, it's uh, yeah. gritty. It's it, it's sort of you know you can feel the heat um, coming off it, off it. Um, but it's quite sort of at the same time. It doesn't. I don't think it's almost like a pastiche at times of an action film. Yeah, yeah. It lacks pace. That's its that's its downfall. Yeah. When you when you like if you if you think about the first one, and. Yeah. Um, it's just so quick. It feels like it's over. It just, you know, you fly through it. And this um, starts off brilliantly. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Right right until you get up to and past the, the killing of the Colombian boss in the in the penthouse. Yes, with his uh, very which, energetic oh, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. He went on to be um, a very popular porn star. Ah, there we and, go. And uh, that was... And, and I learned that from the audio commentary, and that's not the type of thing you usually pick up from an audio no, commentary. It's, I don't, no, not really, not really. But and um, yeah, and then it then there's just a huge lull where it slows right down. Like you said, there's loads of meetings, there's loads of red. You know, we're watching red tape play out. We're watching exchanges between Gary Busey's people and Hannigan, and it just drags. Um, and then it picks up again at the end. Yeah. yeah. And then the end is the end is then over in a blink, like a blink of an eye. Yeah. Well, you get this, like... you get this, this frenetic start. You get the lull. You get the sort of the meetings. Then you get that excellent, excellent scene in the um, in the subway, on the train. Yeah. And then you get nothing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, the the. The scene in the penthouse is so hot and cold for me as well. It's, it's, and I've always, it's some, when I watched it, because I, I watched it and then I, I went through the, I just had the audio commentary on without kind of watching the film. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, there's a few things that I, I'd wondered about and then they became apparent with the audio commentary. So you've got the predator, it's drawn to this. The scene of action. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, why is it there? Because there's no 
there's no conflict no. at that point. That's not the heat of the battle. So that's kind of one of the things that throws off the, you know, the theory of the predator. Yeah. Um, and then it goes around killing everybody, but it's invisible using its, you know, yeah, it, it's ET hardware. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but all its weapons are in full view. So it's like its body is completely invisible, but it's got its net shooter. Yeah. And you can see it. And then it's got its big spear. And I was thinking that's weird. It looks weird. It looks really off. Yeah. Um, and then basically the director got involved with the weapon design, with the weapon design guy. Yeah. And they were really, really proud of the weapons. So it, it, it's a short moment, but it looks so odd. It like really broke the immersion for me. I was, I was like, it just looks odd. Why would it be invisible but not fully because it's got a big spear in its hand? Yeah, because, I mean, if you're sneaking up on somebody, you've got a whacking great big fucking spear. It is going to sort of hinder your stealthiness. Exactly. It's... <laughs> so I'm just, does that. And, and then... But it is a really, you know, it's a really powerful scene. Yeah. Um, and on the audio commentary, though, I picked up that. So working on this film, they had a they had a team of police consultants um, working with them, you know, to, you know, how do police hold the guns? Yeah. You know, how do they kick a door open? All that kind of stuff, which I'm sure they have on a lot of big budget movies. Yeah. Um, but one of these police consultants specialised in the Black Magic Crime Division in LA. <laughs> How fucked up is that, that there is one of those things? <laughs> and the most disturbing thing that she ever came across was a warehouse full of bodies that were strung up to the ceiling and wrapped in plastic. Uh... And they were being sold for satanic ritual. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> you, you... And you're like... What? How messed up is that? You know, I I don't think you know we've all you know I think everybody's had this sort of like um, uh, the apprentice moment where you think, do you know what? I've got a really good idea. I think this could work. <laughs> um, selling cadavers for black magic is not, yeah, is no. not, is not one of them. But the, I mean, the one thing because like Hollywood did go through a bit of a phase in it with a sort of obsessing about sort of. Um, voodoo and uh yeah jamaican sort of gangsters and those kind of things but that was yeah. based on um a true um a re real life incidents that were taking place in like new york and in la where they had yeah. like, rival gangs um sort of uh, m but not so much jamaican but they were actually haitian yeah um yeah gangs who were sort of you know and sort of voodoo is more found in haiti than in Jamaica, whereas obviously in Jamaica it's the, the, the sort of the the idea of the sort of more Rastafarian, whereas <clears throat> in Haiti it's more voodoo. But they kind of melded them all together. Yeah, yeah. And like the, um, I know there's a really famous case of, um, like one of the true talk uh, crimes, uh, one of the like the true crime stories about like the use, uh, like the Colombians and Mexican cartels using sort of um, uh, things like. Uh, certain types of sort of black ma uh, black magic and uh, like santa oh santa uh, some one of the types of the types of black magic where they would sort of cut people up and those kind of things 
Um, but like the, the early, the early nineties, there was a bit of an obsession going on there. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, um, it's like Leona was saying, it's terror tactics. Yeah. So you scare the shit out of your rivals by doing this. Yeah. You know, satanic stuff, and um, yeah, it's just pretty, uh, pretty shocking to learn that that was a, you um, know, yeah. warehouse full of bodies. Um, but the, you know, the guy who stabs him in the heart. Yes. Um, he's not an actor. Oh, okay. He, he's, a, he's like a, a proper, um, like a bit of a gang gang muscle. <laughs> oh, there we go um, then. <laughs> who was uh, the director on the audio commentary said, like, super confident, char- you know, charismatic guy. Yeah. Um, he said, so we stuck him in and he did a really good job. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it, it's amazing, though, when you sort of, like, look at different films. Uh, how many sort of like real life criminals appear in them? Um, yeah, I mean it's like um, in Henry V, uh, during some of the massive battle scenes, Dave Courtney is in the battle scenes. Um, well, you know, London gangster. Oh. Yeah, uh, wow. And like, uh, well, I mean, Danny Trejo. Um, yeah, you know, you think you know he spent a significant amount of time in prison. And then changed his life around and come out and is, is now sort of talking and spends a lot of his time sort of, you know, working with offenders and sort of those kind of things. Yeah. But it's surprising yeah, how many maybe. films. I mean, you know, on the original one, uh, the original Predator, um, Sonny, um, Sonny, what's his name? Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a bad man. He's, he, the guy's a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, just sort of decided at one point he was going to, you know, he was going to do porn. So when and did porn. Um, yeah. And they had, you know, they they brought a, um, they had to have a bodyguard on set, not for his protection, but for everyone else's protection. Because he's a nutter. Because he's a lunatic. It's just yeah. Mental. But it, yeah, but it, it's great when you sort of you, you see those types of things and you popping up. Um, yeah. Within this, now we mentioned very very early on Bill Paxton's performance in this. Yes. He is very much channeling. His character from Aliens, isn't he? He's channeling, yeah. uh, channeling, uh, yeah, Hudson, isn't it? Yeah, it was Hudson, yeah, yeah, channeling Hudson yeah. in this. Um, but he also is one of the very few actors who um, can say that he's been killed by a xenomorph and a predator. Well, it's claim to fame. You know, that's something that you don't get every day. <laughs> no, no, is he the only one? Must be the only one. Lance Henriksen. Oh yeah, Lance Back. Oh, there we go. And also, both of them have been killed by Terminators. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. So the two. That's, so Lance, that's, Lance, that's 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 not bad, you know, to say. Yeah, that is. I like that. That's a great link. It's <laughs> a great link. <laughs> I mean, he's... If, only, if only Bill was still with us, he could I do know. some oh. some brilliant spin-off. Yeah. But his character in this, because you you kind of you when he first appears, you think, "Oh Jesus Christ!" But you yeah. warm to him. Yeah, you yeah, really he, he, warm he does to come him. across as a total douche. Yeah, there's a great there's a great line as well from Hannigan where, where he goes, uh, "That's the Lone Ranger. I thought he was here to fix the air conditioning." <laughs> and like the, like the suits that he wears. And yeah. like he's, he's almost like something from the nineteen forties. Like, yeah, like the, the costume design is a bit all over the place because 
he looks like he's straight out of the 40s. Glover looks like he's straight out of the 50s. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Ruben Blades, Danny, just, you know, looks like you would expect a de- detective in the 90s to look. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then Gary Busey's just walking around in the worst, you know, man-made, Grey suits you've ever seen. However, the scene where he walks out and he's in the silver, like heated, like he's got the sort of like the th- the, th- the, the, the the like the silver suit on to like keep the, keep his body heat in. Yeah, he just looks like he is like wearing the worst shell suit <laughs> ever. It's just it's the nineties. <laughs> I know it's just like it's just you think. Oh, they could have found something better to do with it because yeah. it doesn't look good at all when he's walking out and he's sort of like, you know, he's he's trying to have a serious conversation, and then you get yeah. the great line from him where he says about the lions, the tigers, the bears. Oh my! Yeah, <laughs> he's. Do you know he's what's great like? in it. Oh, he's he's superb in it. And what I love is actually, even though his character is quite over the top, he's not like turned up to eleven. No, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. Um, he's not full on Busey no. at this point. He's, no, he's working on it. He's working on it. He's working his way up. He's sort of like just clinging. There's still that sort of sense of like uh, Mr. Joshua character to him. Uh, yeah, from Lethal yeah. Weapon, which is great. And I mean, again, that was the other connection. I, you know, I didn't twig really because that you had you got Gary Busey, you had Danny Glover, and the guy who was playing the sergeant at the beginning of this. Who played the captain in Lethal Weapon? So they're yeah. all together, um, and of course Joe Silver directed it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yes, yeah, so it's just it's just it's great. It's you know it's it's good to see these little things. Now, yeah, yeah. Kevin Peter Hall as as the, as the predator um, is superb. He's yeah. absolutely superb, and it's just it's devastated that obviously he passed away. Uh, he passed away the year after making this. He died in 1991, um, and he died of. Um, he unfortunately, passed away with. Um, I think he was. Um, I think he died of AIDS. Oh man! Which you so if you think he was probably quite ill or starting to become ill whilst yeah. making this film, and like that, that costume that he's got on, and phys- full rubber. Yeah, the physicality of it yeah, is incredible. Absolutely, is absolutely incredible. Yeah, because one of the things about this film, one of the things that I kind of, with its with its lull um, and and you know the the cons of it, um, it's one of the last. It has to be one of the last um, heavily special effects, special effects heavy movies, um, recorded directly to film. Yeah, and and edited on film. Yeah, I mean, it it's... was just before the CGI revolution if that's what you want to call it um so he you know this is before lots of digital effects um so it makes it all the more impressive if you think like what we're treated to uh, yeah. and then you've got kevin peter hall running around you know in a full rubber suit that made him i think over seven and a half feet tall when he had it on it's just i mean he's a big guy He's yeah. a big, big guy. And I mean, like, sort of physically as well. And he makes it look effortless. Mm. Because, I mean, when you yeah. look at, like, 
sort of a lot of like you know, I mean, all you got to do is, is, is you know look at Michael Keaton and how he like suffering in the bat suit where he couldn't turn his head. Yeah, he just couldn't turn his, you know, so he had to turn his entire body. Or Peter Weller in RoboCop. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at like Kevin Peter Hall in this. His his movements are so fluid, um, and so believable, and so realistic, and so graceful. Um, one of the things he did to sort of prepare for this was he looked at sort of African tribal dances and those kind of things, um, and sort of worked really really hard on like flexibility and those kind of things to give it like that to give the character that type of movement. Um, and you get a very different predator in this one than you do from the first one. Um, yeah, you, absolutely. And the predator is up front. You you get more predator for your money in this one. Yeah, I think the the suit is that there's been a lot more investment in the suit, definitely. And I think he's obviously had time to put, you know, sharpen his sword yes. and um, you yes. know, become become a better better predator. I mean, it sounds like he's the you know the ultimate professional anyway, so he's going to be living and breathing isn't he oh, absolutely. Um, and, and his performance is you know brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah and i mean like I, I, even though i i still even though it's really cheesy the scene at the end where danny glover is chasing him and he's cut his arm off yeah and you and like you see the woman the old he's in the old woman's apartment he's like howling as he's like trying to repair yeah. his arm and things <laughs> And, you know, when he bursts through the door and he's, like, smashing the doors down as he's, like, running through the halls and things. And uh, Danny Glover's character sort of, like, climbs through the window and you get the old woman and he says, it's okay, I'm a cop. And she goes, I don't think he gives a shit. (laughs) Delivery is brilliant. You know, but but even when he's running in that, you know, in that heavy gear, he he still looks believable. He yeah, you know, he, yeah. he's not doing it's the graceful. Sort of, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think he's, you know, he's not doing the Jean Claude Van Damme bobbing up and down. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, yeah, he's definitely graceful in that suit, which can cannot be an easy thing to achieve. No, no, not at all, not at all. And I mean, there are you know that scene. I think even though you know, besides you know Gary Busey's best shell suit. Um, where they're inside the the slaughterhouse, yeah, is yeah. is absolutely superb. It's a great it's, moment. Yeah, it's so well built, and um, I just love, I love the bit where it's going through the 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 options, and yes. it sees that it's the, and it's the lights. I just love that subtle touch that it's the, you can't see the people, but it's the lights, it's the heat off the lights. Yeah that it picks up which is so smart it's such a nice touch yeah it's a great oh, it's, and, a, it's um, a great moment and then you and then we get Danny Glover's slow motion headbutt yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean Danny Glover's character gets his ass kicked in yeah. this it looks and he looks you know the, the, by, by the time he gets onto the ship uh, and he gets the final comfort he looks battered yeah, he looks absolutely does. battered, uh, which again was quite rare at this period of time in action films because obviously you had you know you had very much the sort of the one man army uh, was still very much the sort of um, was very much still in vogue. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. 
and he he's a different kind he's more of a i would dare i say he's more of a sort of what you kind of see in action heroes now and you sort of you know more in the vein of sort of um uh john mcclain yeah yeah an everyday hero yeah as opposed to like um stallone in rambo 3 who um (laughs) just kills the entire world yeah in that (laughs) that the world and its wife yes and cousins um yeah yeah (laughs) what are the you know what are your standout moments in this what are your favorite moments in this um it's a there's part part of the issue of this film is it's it's a film of moments, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and absolutely. So, so the train the train scene um, makes no sense. No, but it's brilliant. Yeah, it's a brilliant scene, but it makes no sense. Like again, back to the theory of the predator. Why is the predator there? There's no conflict on that. Um, yeah. Unless the predator wants to become like a you know guardian angel or whatever yeah. whatever they're called the vigilante. <laughs> Did you see with this berry? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it definitely works. Um, so he's drawn to the train. So that makes me think: is it tracking the cops? Yeah. But it's Hannigan that he wants. You know, Hannigan is the prize. That's the skull that that the predator wants on the wall. Yes. So it just it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But it's a great scene. Yeah. Um. And for me, it's got a missed opportunity, which is um, when he scans Leona and sees that she's pregnant. Yeah. She's then out of the movie. We yeah. never see her again. No. And no. it's like, um, I don't know if there's some misogyny in that or something, or she's pregnant, we now have to remove her. But for me, the, there's an opportunity there for, and we've seen it loads of times, especially in like Westerns. Yeah. Um, so the Predator doesn't kill her. So surely at some point later on she comes back and does something that affects the predator so yeah. that Hannigan you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. And I mean I know that a... there were there was a subplot there was more of a subplot about her being pregnant that got cut for time. Mm. Um and Interesting. I think and I think this film does suffer from that. You somewhere along the line there are things that have been taken out of this film. Because like you said, it's an, it's nearly two hours long. It yeah. is nearly two hours long, and we do get it a lull. It. Yeah, yeah, it does at times. And you get, like I said, you know, the fact that you get two meetings in this film, in a you know, in a predator movie, you get two meetings and red tape and police work. Um, they, you can see where they've cut things, and I suppose as a sort of um, that kind of um, sort of slow another subplot about her being pregnant. Would really take the place, the pace of the film right down. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think she could have just popped up. You know, she could have like, um, I don't know, tossed in the the disc or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, just, just something to to bring that loop together. I just, I just felt like a missed opportunity yeah. for me. Um, yeah. And then I suppose we're doing highlights, aren't I? It's just yeah. another moment that I wanted to to touch on was uh, so Hannigan's skirt of heights. Yeah. He's got the Predator spear. The Predator is stood on the edge of a building. Yeah. Instead of impaling it in the back, <laughs> his shoulder charges <laughs> it off the edge of a building. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a big pointy thing in your hand, so what do you, you tackle yeah. it off the biggest, off the <laughs> highest point of the building. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. 
But that scene is great where um, he's hanging onto his arm and he's about to go yeah. nuclear. Yeah. Um, and that was also a missed opportunity because they should have killed Dutch off saying that he had like 78 different types of cancer. <laughs> after his son. But, you know, that's another missed opportunity. But I love that where he cuts the arm off. Yeah. And uh, the panic, it's the only time you ever see a predator panic is when it's falling. Yeah. And, and scraping at the building and, you know, it's sheer. And to convey that in a, an alien in a, you know, that's effectively a big rubber suit. Yes. Is really, is, is good. I like that. Um, and I like how, um, I like how much Hannigan is um, pissed off about birds. Yeah. <laughs> when he's crawling around, it's like, there's, I think there's about four or five lines where he's like, fucking birds. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what he's um, and you and like the how slow he is climbing down. Yeah, is and it's almost like it. It does feel like um, from the Batman show from the sixties at times, <laughs> where Batman would be climbing up the up up the uh, up up, <laughs> up a building and somebody would open a window. Afternoon, citizen. And it's, that's, yeah. and it's like that yes. moment where you see him climbing down, and he is like eye level with the predator. On the opposite end of the, on another building, yeah. And the predator's like sorting his arm out, and you could just, yeah, it's just great. It's a great few tiles, yeah. Yeah, a few tiles in there, <laughs> bit of plaster. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, um, I've got highlights for me. Um, the opening, the open, the battle at the start, yeah. Um, uh, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um. From a filmmaking point of view, I just love the sets on this and the destruction. Yeah. So we've got the drug lab. Um, the police station is so Blade Runner slash RoboCop. Yeah. That I, I'm just in love with it. Um, loads of extras in there, milling about. It looks hot. It looks busy. You know, yeah. there's a few few violent exchanges just looks like hell doesn't it yeah um so well done the penthouse um which basically destroyed by jamaican gunfire yeah and the train is a brilliant set looks fantastic i love the scene where all the commuters pull the guns out (laughs) yes which is just a touch of comedy in there just like a, a nod to like american gun culture yeah, um, and then the spacecraft at the end um, looks fantastic once it's inside. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the the sets and the yeah, I would say the sets and their destruction really stand out for me. Yeah. I think especially the police station, but the whole like the train is absolutely demolished. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, it's really cool. It's really cool. And I. So yeah, for me that's. That's what I took away. Yeah, for me, one of the things I absolutely love in this is it's a film that is rammed with details. It is absolutely yeah. rammed with little details, um, and like lots of that is down to obviously Stan Winston, who created like lots of the predator, you know, who created the predator's makeup and those kind of things and the, and the suit, um, and like when like the 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 other predators arrive at the end. The you know one of them actually has if you look really really closely on them has different patches 
on him. Ah. Sort of different, like, um, I think one of them is um, a second infantry division patch. Um, um, another nice. one is, like, uh, from... Um, another one he's got from, like, the Korean War is on there. Oh, that's um, cool. And, I mean, obviously, then, when you get the you get the trophy cabinet, you know, you got the famous um, xenomorph head. Yeah. Um, is in there. Um, but one of the things that I love about... You know, he throws the pistol to him at the end. Yeah. Well, the name on the pistol coincides with one of the comic book characters. And the comic... Basically, the... Um, the name of the pistol is... Oh, Raphael something. But yeah. it's actually... It, and what it was, it was about, it's about a pirate ship that goes missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, but actually, it's a ship that was hijacked by the by um, by a predator, and it's in the, it's, it's in one it's, it's in one of the comic books. Ah, nice. um, so it's like it ties in loads of these like different things. Um, and apparently, there was a novelization of this, um, huh? and you get the predators' names. So that's cool. The this the, the the main predator in this one, the one who's running around the city killing everyone, is the city hunter, um, and then you got the other one was the jungle hunter, um, and like the lead predator um, at the end is a predator called Greyback, um, who's like who's like the boss, ah, um, which is really really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and the other Not thing, to... I, one of the things I love is the predator's cleaning kit. For yeah, the fact it's got a little buffer. Yeah, yeah. He's got a little buffer on there. He's like, shine that up, nice and bright. But it's, but it, it, it's so crammed with details. And like you said, the police station, um, and I like out the out, you know, even the fact that they've got SWAT members, um, controlling the crowd outside the police station, is you know where people are trying to get in and complaining, and then like everybody's rammed right up against the. Um, up against the glass. It's a brilliant, you know, the set design and the attention to detail in this is superb, is absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, I love the opening, the, the you know, the train, the gun battle on the train. Um, what are the things that don't work for you for this? Um, it's it's the lull, it's the it's the duration, it's the lull, it's the pace. Yeah. Um, I can I can live with things not making sense. If they're if they're done at pace, so the train, you know, you can overlook the fact that it makes no sense in uh, you know predator theory. Um, yeah. But the fact that it's that scene is kind of surrounded by lull. Yeah. It's as if it makes you feel even more that it's like, oh well, what can we do? It's a bit boring. Uh, let's do a massive train shoot up yeah um so yeah i just think it it, it could be cut this film could be cut on it could be re-edited oh, it could be, to be yeah i think so much quicker yeah. i mean so hannigan's hannigan's in the police station doing virtually nothing what well he's in the bar and he's watching videos of where Busey's going and and he'd already sent jerry off to to look into that and it's like why isn't he in the train to make the train make sense yeah and we could lose we don't need that scene of him in the bar 
where um, you know Bill Paxton's off picking up women. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's too it's too drawn out. It's um, there's a load of filler, but you usually get filler to make you know to get a film to eighty minutes, not to t- nearly two hours. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you sort of you, you know you think your your actual theatrical release time is an hour of fifth an hour and fifty, um, there is too much filler. I'm sure there's a tighter film in there. I'm sure that there, mm. there is. And I mean, you know, the the director is you know Stephen um, Stephen Hopkins is you know he's a really really um, you know he's got a lot of credits. Um, he did do a Nightmare on Elm Street five though. Uh, he was the one responsible for Dream Child, uh, oh, okay. yeah, um, which is not the strongest out, out of them. Um, As we often say, moving on. Yeah, moving <laughs> swiftly on. Um, you know, but he did, he did he did Houdini and Doyle, uh, which is more of like a TV movie. Um, yeah, but it's great. It's a great, you know, it's really really well done. You know, he's got a lot of um, he's got a lot of you know you know television sort of. Um, experience but he sort of he kind of you know he doesn't keep the film tight enough yeah he doesn't yeah. keep it tight enough um, yeah this um i'm gonna have to pause cross- for two seconds okay i have a spider related incident going on downstairs oh. hang on a sec. i'll be there now hang on hang on oh. i'll be back now two seconds all right all right mate
Oh. <laughs> Was that a big one? Oh, he's fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> Our house backs directly onto a river. Uh, ah. And they nice, are... Nice, though. Oh, it's lovely. It's beautiful. But the spiders are huge. <laughs> and this one was a really big, meaty one. And my wife is terrified of them. So, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. So it was the classic flick it into the coffee cup, put the coaster on the top, and then throw, relocate yeah. him outside. Out you go, you bugger. You know, the dog was helpful as always. Not. What did it, just, just. Motionless. Just stood there watching it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, man. the postman tries to deliver anything and he's on it. You know? <laughs> but uh, there we are. Where were we? I completely forgot what I was about to say. So um, I don't know how you want to edit it. <laughs> oh, we'll work something around. <laughs> yeah, work something cool. Um, think we were saying about. Um, we said about things that didn't work. Said about the pace. Um, said about the film about I, details. Yeah, I was, I was saying something about contrast. I know that, but I don't know what it was a contrast. Are. We'll swing back. I basically, go on. Yeah, it's um, um, it's basically something that the way that my um, brain works. The minute something stops, I just go straight onto something else. Yeah. So if I'm in a meeting at work or something and somebody's like, oh, you know, I've just got to step out. When they come back in, I'm just like, oh, I've moved on now. Yeah. Uh, I don't have time to wait. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. you can tell us what you can, you can just go with what you, doesn't work for you, I guess. Because yeah, I think yeah, I was yeah. I mean, wrapping it up anyway. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that sort of like really I find difficult that doesn't work for me is... Like you said, is, is 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 the lull in it, but it's the sort of this. I'd like the CIA, like all the CIA government stuff, feels a bit rammed in there. Yeah. Um, whereas I'd like sort of if we if I think if it was if they had bizarrely if if they had a bigger role to play uh, rather than the sort of we're just here as cannon fodder or to be the sort of the human villain element to it. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that's something that would work much, yeah, much better. Yeah, you're definitely right. They are bit part, aren't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, it, and like, Gary Busey is a great character actor. And at this point in his career, um, because I think he did, pot, um, you had Point Break as well after that. You know, he was sort of, he was, you know, he could still produce the goods. Um, and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of him because he, he's got some great lines in this. Yeah. I mean, his death, where he gets cut in half. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, I can't believe we didn't mention that. Is just, that is cool. It is a, it's an amazing, amazing... You know, and, just, and the fact it's slow motion as well is, yeah. uh, is really cool. And I mean, this you know I think this is a film of sort of like it sort of gives you some a spectacular moment and then like I said peaks and troughs you get the spectacular moment and then it drops down you get something really cool and then it drops down and then you get it doesn't quite develop everything I, yeah yeah you know and i think it's sort of i think that's a it's it sort of kind of pre sort of 
if you look at like some of the other Predator films that came after this, um, I think it's it's a similar sort of thing. That it's a really really good ideas and really good concepts that never quite fully emerge. Yeah, they don't they don't gel together, do they? That's no. the thing. It's like uh, no. and there's, and and you're right. There's, there's so many subtle touches that are great. So like the the slaughterhouse scene, um. Gary Busey's voice and his makeup, you know. Yeah. He's, you know, he's suffering, and um, that's just, you know, it's a, it's a small touch that makes a big difference. You know, his yeah. his, his voice is all hoarse, his face is all burnt, um, you know, and he's got that great line where he says, "Get out of here, Hannigan! I'm going to save your ass," <laughs> and the way that he delivered it, you know. Yeah, it's pure beauty, and it's, um, it's almost like that line is like this has got nothing to do with the fact that we have an alien here. I'm going to do this because I want to win, and I want to make you look like a dick. Yeah, it's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely competition in there. Yeah, the one of the other scenes that I do love is King Willie's death. That that's what I was gonna. That's what I was saying before about the the contrast. So the contrast for me in this is that it's a very violent film. Yes. Um, yes, it is. From, the, from, from minute one. Um, and you've got the scene in the penthouse where he, like, you just watch him slowly push a large knife into the guy's heart. Yes. Um, and then you've got King Willie's death, which is kind of takes you back to a film that might be like a 12A. Yeah. Where the Predator's the... And you see absolutely nothing until the predator's walking off with his decapitated head. Decapitated um, screaming head. Yeah, yeah. And I just that was just for me, that's like why, you know, you set this up. Yeah. There's no that doesn't happen in Robocop, does it? All of a sudden we're seeing off screen deaths and you know, tamer outcomes. It's just, you know, stick with if you go in if you're going for the R rating, yeah, you know, if you're going all out, then don't. I, and it happens in a, there's a few places where you don't you don't see what happens. It's all, but it's not really implied because then you, the, you know the result is splattered all over the screen. Yeah. It's just like it's the, well, like you know, Blades' death. He gets pulled yeah. up into the uh, and then you get this tiny trickle of blood. Yeah, you get a tiny trickle of blood. Whereas, you know, if they were, I think they, if they were going to do it, you know, you'd get a big splatter. You know, you'd get you'd get a bit more because um, this was one of the first films to get the NC seventeen rating. Oh. This was the one of the first in the US to get the NC seventeen rating, and I think that's sort of, I think they sort of kind of toyed. I think they sort of. I think you can clearly see. It. I think it's a film actually where I don't think the filmmakers knew what they wanted to make. Yeah, that comes across definitely. That's why it's just a. Uh, it's just a film of, of moments. Yeah, and it sort of that, lurches from set piece to set piece. Yeah, which is a common, you know, it, it's a common thing that happens, isn't it, in in, in filmmaking? Yeah. Um, because sewing it all together. That's where the brilliance comes in, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's where the first one is so good in that it sort of creates this great atmosphere um, and you get a sense of dread and it builds and builds and builds and builds. 
whereas this kind of starts at like at 200 miles an hour gets knackered drops off and then picks itself up to do it for another little bit of a sprint yeah and then drops off you know it's um it's a really i mean for me i really enjoy this film i really really like this film i think it's got some great 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 moments in it um and it's certainly i think out of the predator sequels if we're not counting obviously i'm not sort of counting um alien versus predator and those kind of those films. yeah yeah spin-offs you know, spin-offs yeah i thought predators was okay um yep. i thought you know, again that had moments that had really 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 good moments um which but however the mind sort of twisting casting of adrian brody as yeah. some kind of special forces sniper just didn't make any sense didn't work just doesn't work um and i think the predator has moments um but again it's a film i don't think that knew what it wanted to be you know yeah it, i loved it though i laughed my ass off watching that oh it's got some you know it's got some great moments. so funny and i think you know it, and having shane black back writing um and having somebody and, and even having a great character actors like thomas jane in it um who's brilliant yeah. who, who, who i think doesn't get enough credit actually i think thomas jane is a great great actor um but again, this unrealized potential, isn't there? Yeah, so I did it, find it. I did find it really funny, um, and it was surprisingly because I, I, as you know, I, I watch films with no prior knowledge, so I just went in expecting something, you know, like the original or yeah. like this. Uh, got something completely different, something that really made me laugh. Yeah, um, which is when a film unexpectedly makes you laugh, um, it's great. Um, because laugh, laughter is a tonic, um, but yeah, I, and I just love the um, the lunacy of you can imagine them around the uh, around the meeting table, like, what yeah. can we do with this? And they're just like, really big predator, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big predator, that's gonna be awesome, you know, all that moment, you know, how, how can we go bigger, make the predator bigger. Genius, get that man a coffee. Job done. Golf, anyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was the 80s, you could probably, you know, they'd all be locked in a room and you'd hear... <sighs> yeah, yeah. Make it bigger! Make it bigger! Now it's probably... Mm, yeah. Coffee and golf, gents. Let's go. Pancakes are on me. It's... <laughs> Speaking of the 80s, there's a great line from the director on the audio commentary where he says, this is a typical 80s movie. There's blood and cocaine everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it like I said, you know, that opening is like sort of, you know, is you know, is almost like Scarface. It's like the end of Scarface right at the beginning of a film. And I think where you start a film at that, you've got to maintain it. Yeah. But the problem yeah, is gotta you, you're gonna burn your audience out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think we've been chatting now for a bit over an hour and the number of times we've been drawn back to talking about the opening yeah. rather than other elements of the film, not even the ending. Um, I think that's, that sums up Predator 2. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, like 
the other thing I do love about the ending, mind you, is the fact that not only does, you know, in the first one, Arnie manages to outrun a nuclear explosion. Yeah, he's um, very fast. He, he is very, very fast. Danny Glover also manages to sort of um, out-jump a, um, a spaceship taking off. Yeah, I've got a, a note that says Danny Glover does not melt. No. <laughs> Ah, that's brilliant, yeah. And, like, he sort of just reappears then, doesn't he, after yeah. he's, like, covered in dirt and ash. It's like, yeah, okay, we're going with it. We're going with it. That, that's a good scene, that, though, because it does look like he's genu- genuinely desperate for breath when he comes up out of all that dirt. Yeah, because the probably chances are, if they weren't too worried about sort of health and safety when they were with fires, they probably just buried him. So- yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's okay, Danny. How much longer? A couple of minutes, you'll be yeah. fine. Just getting the light sorted is fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. Here's the big question. Where would you come in for a score on this one? So, as I said, I thought that I'd watched this a lot more and a lot more recently. And if you'd asked me off the cuff two weeks ago, what would you, off the top of your head, what would you score Predator 2? Yeah. I would have said... Predator is a Stonewall 9. Yeah. So Predator 2 is an 8. But having <laughs> re-watched it, um, I'm giving it a generous 7 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you on that. Seven. It, it is a 7. I think if somebody had asked me the same as you, I probably would have come in as an 8 as well. I think, you know, yeah, definitely. Maybe on a... You know, on a certain thing, maybe an 8.5. Um, because you just remember the big moments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a 7. It's definitely a 7. I think you've got, like, you got the moments. you got, like I said, the opening. you got Bill Paxton. You've got some great one-liners. But there's loads, there's so many missed opportunities. Yeah. In this film. And I it's... think that, that that's the bit that you sort of go, oh. Even if they choose yeah. characters like Robert Davy more, yeah, yeah, because we know that he can pull it off. Yeah, and, um, and it's unsurprisingly, um, looking back, hindsight is a, is a wonderful thing. But I'm sure they were really surprised at the time that this did not do well in the box office. Yeah, and it's actually the lowest grossing of the franchise by like a country mile. I think is it fifty three million? Yeah, fifty three million, and all all. Uh, so the first one was like ninety eight, um, and then, and then the um, the ones after they're like up in the you know, hundred seventy to you know hundred eighty. See, you know, that in itself is mental. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, let's you know, see if we can the joy of uh, of having something called IMDb. I mean, if you look at like, <laughs> you know, you look at Alien versus Predator, that made $177 million. How the fuck yeah. in any world does Alien versus Predator make $100 million? I know. It's How? bonkers. And the thing is as well, if you think about this being printed on film and edited on film, the cost in comparison oh, it's, yeah. to the later sequels just... is... Um, yeah, so this film, I mean, it made a profit, yeah. which in filmmaking is always good, because that 
doesn't happen all the time. No, not um, all the time. So, but yeah, for it to be so far off the pace, it's, um, yeah, it's, you can see it didn't quite, something didn't work out somewhere, whether yeah. it was the marketing or the reception to it, who knows, but it didn't, I wouldn't say given the subject matter and the popularity of it, it didn't do well. Yeah, and I mean, I think it did suffer from being released round about the same time as like Dances with Wolves. I think it came out round about the same time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's you think, you know, 1990, you've got Goodfellas. Um, yeah. You've got Misery. Um, you got, uh, you got, you know, but then like films like Jacob's Ladder got kind yeah. of like missed, missed in the shuffle. Um, yeah. You've got, you know, Godfather 3 came out around about the similar time. Home Alone, I think, was out as well. Not far off when this was out. Um, you know, it was some big films released in 1990. Um, yeah. I mean, there was also some absolute shit as well released. <laughs> there always is. Which, you know, you just sort of, you know, I mean, just sort of looking through. I mean, you've got Robocop 2, which is my least favourite of all the Robocop films. Um, I yeah, don't know it's... why. I think I need to see, go back and watch it again. I think, you know, Troll was released. I uh, think... Uh, Troll 2, sorry, was released in 1990. You know, uh, Rocky Five. Oh. Whoa. Is, that the, is that the Tommy Gunn one? That's the Tommy Gunn one. Oh, dear. You know, Let's uh, not talk about that. No, Graffiti Bridge was out. Um, Moving on. The Prince film. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any hoot, um, hey. you know. So, yeah, it's, it's just it's a, it's a shame, isn't it? When you go back and you watch yeah. it and you go, ah. But I still do. Yeah, enjoy it's, this. I still. I, yeah, I, it's it's definitely enjoyable. Um, I've got it on DVD and Blu-ray, which means that you know when I saw it on the shelf on Blu-ray, I, I still believed it was that eight. Um, not that that actually means anything. Um, it's not something I'm going to never watch again because it is an enjoyable film. I'd, I'd love to see somebody edit it. Not that that's ever going to happen, but that would be just to make it a, a, a shorter... A tighter film. Yeah, would be cool. But um, I'll leave you with... Uh, we talked about the lines. Um, I'll leave you with an exchange from Hannigan's first visit to the police station. <laughs> So his, so his boss says to him, Heinemann's been up my ass so far, I won't sit down for a week. <laughs> it's going over the feds. There's nothing you can do about it. And uh, Hannigan replies with, so you're cutting off my dick and shoving it up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think HR would be called at some point during yeah, that conversation, yeah. wouldn't they? Man, I'm not sure that's how it plays out in, a, <laughs> yeah, well, in the police department. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's uh, you know, I mean, the fact that sort of um, Bill Paxton gets his nuts grabbed within the first thirty seconds of meeting a team men- member as well is uh, <laughs> it's quite an interesting moment. <laughs> yeah. It was a different time back then. It was a different, yeah, different time. time. Different, different time. time. Man, thank you so much for being on. It's been great catching up with you, man. Thank you. Pleasure as always, mate. So, Pleasure as always. Where can the good people find you on the social medias? Is 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 alt movies on Instagram. Um, Still not posting very much due to lockdown, etc. Yeah. 
Um, and then over on Twitter, uh, Alt Movies Insta. Uh, I usually just, um, you know, post from Instagram into Twitter at the moment. Not yeah. not a lot of time. Um, too busy writing down notes about movies for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man, for being on. Honestly, it's been fab. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. Enjoyed it. Till the next one. Yes, definitely. Take it easy, brother. Ta-da, man. Ta-da. All right, mate. Nice one. Catch you later. Ta-da. As always, I want to give a massive thank you to Darren for being on. Honestly, it's just it's a pleasure to record with him. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And you'll be back very, very, very soon. Okay, up next, we have got What the Wookiee Watched. And first up, we are looking at The Shed from 2019. Let's check out the trailer. People judge you here, not for who you are, but who you hang out with. See if you're gonna ask Roxy out again, or you're just gonna spank one out to her every day till graduation. If it makes my life a little easier to hang out with one crowd over the other, I'm gonna do what I have to do till I'm out of here. Remember one thing, though. You're having my sloppy seconds. I'm telling you, man, one day they're going to go too far and they're going to be sorry. I thought I could handle this all on my own. Hey, what happened to your face? I have to tell you something. There's something in the shed. It wants to kill me. Are you kidding me? Dom, I swear to God, there's something inside. All right, then show me. Let me see your pet monster. Dude, don't you see what this means? We can use this. This is power. What? Nobody's ever going to mess with us again. Are you crazy? Think about it. It's not murder. It's payback. This is not a gift or a weapon. This is dangerous. I'm supposed to be your best friend. Look what they did to me this time. What the hell is happening? Dumber, what's inside that shed? Get in. What's inside that shed? Okay, that was the trailer for The Shed 2019. Uh, the Shed was directed by Frank Sabatella and written by Jason Rice. It stars uh, J.J. Wren, uh, Cody Costro, Sophia Happening, and Frank Wally, who is superb in this. He's absolutely brilliant as the vampire. Um, this, uh, e- this, The Shed has a kind of like a, a bit of a Fright Nighty type feel to it sometimes uh kobe costro has a bizarre resemblance uh to, to a very young killian murphy i really enjoyed this i think it's a really really interesting take um on the vampire genre and it's nice that you get a proper feral vampire so essentially the story is a hunter gets bitten by a vampire and in order to avoid the sunlight after just after he's been bitten he runs and hides into a shed um that shed happens to belong uh to uh our character stan who unfortunately has been going through a really really difficult time and he's currently on probation from a youth offending service and him and his friend are 
bullied in school and his grandfather who he's looking who looks after who's allegedly looking after Stan is a bit of a dick um but his best friend comes up with the idea that he's going to feed the bullies to the vampire um and things I suppose uh, escalate from there. This is really good. It's got some great gory effects in it. Um, it's well acted. It does get a bit overly angsty at times um, and a bit shouty, but overall, it's really entertaining. It's I really enjoyed this film, um, and the door is open for a sequel. I got to be honest, thoroughly enjoyed it. I would give this one um, a seven point five out of ten. <laughs> Okay, up next, we have got a short film. And this one was recommended to me by um, everybody, Jay, over at Horrified Magazine. And, of course, Jay is going to be back on the show very, very soon, hopefully. Um, and, guys, you got to get over to Horrified Magazine and check it out. It is awesome. I will drop the links uh, for that um, in the show notes. You, honestly, it's, it's it's a great site. Um, I can't wait when I get some uh, some time together to do a bit of writing for it. Honestly, it is a brilliant, brilliant idea. And Jay's such a wonderful guy. You know he's been on the show. Uh, you can find him at Freddie Fenich. Uh, he is he's a great, great, great guy. You know, unfortunately, when him and Slash of Trash get together, they are like naughty boys on the podcast. So um, <laughs> that's always fun. However, uh, he recommended to me a uh, short film called The Tell-In. And it was... Uh, it, it, it quite literally the budget for this was tiny it was like uh, 1500 pound um it's, it's it's 20 minutes long um it's a great little folk horror now i'm not going to give too much away about it because i wreck you just need to see it okay um it's called the telling um it's it's, it's essentially it's a two-hander um it has all those great folk horror elements to it i thoroughly enjoyed it i can't recommend it enough uh, for me it it's it, it's just it's it's, it was really inspiring. As a filmmaker, it was really, really inspiring. Um, so go on over and check it out because I honestly, I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to shut up about it, but go over and check it out because it is brilliant. If that's the telling. I'll put all the links and all the details in the show notes to so go and check it out. So, my friends, our time draws to an end. Um, as always, I want to, be, uh, want to give a massive thank you to my fantastic co-host mr darren hall i can't wait to get him back on um honestly it's a pleasure doing this show um i know we're a little bit behind but it's 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 really busy at the moment guys um working really really hard on pre-production for school hall slaughter um i got some exciting stuff coming up to share with you um so watch this space and oh guys thank you so much for listening so much for you know thank you so much for following on twitter on facebook don't forget you can follow us there at uh, the undead wookie just type it in and we pop up it's it's fantastic um very very soon the one the only the great and powerful mr Leighton winston will be popping up very very soon um and we're going to be looking at close encounters of a third kind um which is always fab to get my brother from another mother in um thank you so much for be for being with me today and watching and listening watching listening to this episode i'm t- very very tired it's been a long old week and uh, not enough coffee so just remember guys please look after each other keep washing your hands keep social distancing we ain't out of the woods yet please please look after each other so in the immortal words of count Dracula, good night up there 